up, people? My name is Sonny Teray. And I'm Akita G. And this is episode 19 of the Fire This, this time. time podcast. Welcome back, people. Welcome back. Glad to be with y'all again. You know, we're giving y'all that nice fire once again for the 19th time. Notice I said 19, not 10, 10. Get in my country mode. Mm. But, uh, yeah, we're going to try to come back and give you this fire, you know, and, uh, you know, keep it keep it burning for you, you know. Always remember, you know, like, share, you know, um, Twitter, Facebook, and all the various other platforms. If you're listening, you already know. Mm-hmm. Make sure you drop that in your people's stuff, you know what I'm saying? Keep on, keep the word moving, you know, and shout out to, uh, you know, a long-time listener. Shout out my sister, Keisha. Shout out uh, Lydia, you know, shout out Kevon, you know, just uh, some of the people we always count on for support, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to keep that spread and keep that going. Supporters. So uh, today's topic, the big topic we're going to talk about a little later is going to be some of Barack Obama's Mm. recent uh, book tour. Yeah. Antics. Interviewers. Yeah. Interviews. so uh, we're we going to see, you know, the, the, the alley-oop questions he got, how he handled them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, he was on The Breakfast Club, also Washington Post, some other places. Yeah. So we'll, we'll dig into that. We're also going to talk a little bit about, um, what else was it? It was, uh, oh, some of the recent comments about uh, should prisoners use self. Oh, you talking about, yeah, the real talk conversation. Yeah, the real talk conversation. Yeah, yeah we we threw that in there at the last minute. We need to get on that, though. That's costing. That's costing. It, it's a little, it's a little disturbing what they was talking about on that. Are we abolitionists or are we something? I mean, I, hey, yeah. Let me know. Yeah, there's some some other things going on right now in the world. It's but, serious uh, in the world. But we're gonna start off with uh, the uh, this week's fire segment. Oh yes. So uh, we gotta give a shout out for this week's fire to uh, Dave Chappelle. Yes, indeed. Uh, he his recent special Unforgiven. Fire. You know, he, he dropped it on Instagram, actually. You know, mm. we was looking for it on Netflix. Where this motherfucker at, you know? Yeah. But no, it was on Instagram. That's what's up, though. And, uh, you know, he basically was talking about... Uh, actually, why don't you break it down, Aki? Why don't you... Go ahead. Um, pretty much, man. He did a show, man. And he, in his, in his artistic, comedian, creative way, articulated the tools that's used in the system through his own experience. How they control artists and steal from artists, steal their property, their intellectual property, their names. And I mean, you know, he went through a whole, you know, history of his coming up in in comedy and how he was used time and time again. And uh, I guess Dave was just at a point where like, shit, he ain't going no more. Mm -hmm. And so... um. You know, after doing, after telling that story in a um, definitely genius ass way, he he getting up there. He getting his he he almost up there in the pride. He in his bag. Yeah, he almost up there. You know, after doing all of that, man, you know, he just really gave a lesson about you know what the industry is. And at the end of it, yo, he pretty much called for uh, a boycott to some extent. Um, in his story, you know, he told of how Comedy Central screwed him, mm-hmm. you know. And they sort of riled because I had some even perceptions about, you know, he was saying how he didn't get the money that everybody thought he got, mm-hmm. you know, because he signed the contract. 
And then left the show early. And left the show early. Right. And so he didn't get the money that everybody thought he got. Got paid, but he didn't get the money that, you know, those big numbers. I think it, if I recall right, I think they were saying almost like 45. Mm-hmm. 45 million or something like that. Yeah. He really didn't get all of that. And so, um, you know, found out that they out here, they using his name. Mm-hmm. They, they, they still showing the show. And... They don't want to give him his money. I, he he like yo, give me my money. You know. So, yeah, he he told a story. He said uh, the the same day he agreed to do the election night or election week SNL Saturday night Saturday night live uh, hosting. Mm-hmm. Is the same day he agreed to do that. Is the same day that they started streaming his shit. Yeah. Without asking him, without you know even verifying, letting touching base. Yeah. And they said he said Netflix was in it. Yeah. With it, right? Netflix and HBO Max. Yeah. Started they, streaming. He said they was all up in there with it, but he said he was he said that Netflix was actually righteous in the situation because even though they did wrong, he called Netflix up and told him, "Yo, I don't feel you know." This don't make me feel good. Yeah, this don't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And they they took it off. And it don't make him feel good because he's not seeing you know his rightful money from initially from Chappelle's show, mm-hmm. and definitely not seeing it from the improve what what is bringing the the deals bringing Comedy Central and giving it to HBO Max and Netflix because mm-hmm. yeah, that's also those are deals being made. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And uh, Dave Chappelle, of course, is not seeing none of that. Well, I think it's too a little bit of recognition because you know, see, they own the Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. You know, they own that that name. So it would have to, if he did anything else in that manner, it would have to be something different you know and it's interesting Aki I mean because Dave Chappelle in a sense is really coming against some of the the norms of the industry in this you know where I mean he's calling out you know unjust contracts are not morally right and should yeah. be voided yeah. if you're a morally right person or company mm-hmm. and you should stop hiding behind the veneer of neutrality by your company name And they go through The contracts to do it mm-hmm. They sign people Like he said He was young When he signed that contract I think he said He was like What 28 Yeah, yeah. 29, 28 29 Yeah So and I mean look He's right I mean and That's a great point That you make They do it through The contracts You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Like they custom fit You know what I'm saying They custom fit Like a tailor do A nigga suit When he get married Yeah You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. The law To the interests Of the white ruling class White supremacy Yeah so, and that's what we've seen. So, I mean, when, uh, I mean, take the example for Forsyth, Forsyth, Georgia, you know, earlier in the 1900s, uh, there was a forced removal of black people. Yeah. All black people from the, that county, that city, mm-hmm. because of, uh, you know, black male threat, whatever. But it was really the economic interest of the white community there. Yeah. Right? So, the, as the decades go on, people come to occupy the land. Mm-hmm. That the black people were st- that the black community was living on, yeah. As they was in a forced exile, mm-hmm. and then what? What? So I, I, it was this documentary, uh, Banished. You can find it mm-hmm. on YouTube. Uh, that documentary gets into how the county managers, you know, what I'm saying, and the county officials, county lawyers, type motherfuckers, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying, they would, you know, have these laws, you know, what I'm saying, that would say, oh, well, these people vacated and had mm-hmm. happiest corpus or whatever the shit. Latin shit that they would quote, you know what I'm saying, and say, well, you know, because this family occupied it, you know, this white family came to occupy it for five years uncontested, ten years uncontested, you know, they went to court, did whatever they had to do, now it's theirs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They paid a, they, they, they paid a dollar or whatever it is, they little symbolic whatever, and it's theirs. Yeah. You know, so, and, and it's funny, 
check out this this documentary uh, documentary banish if you get a chance because the same county lawyer that made all these uh decisions and, and transactions mm. for the white community to take this land and, and get the deeds you know what i'm saying get the paperwork for the deeds that the rightfully own the land right mm -hmm. he was the same person that person that was put on the county commission for uh i guess um you know later in the 90s far you know removed from the the forced removal of black people from the area mm -hmm. there was a, a committee a council if, I, I guess if you will on reparations or recognition for the harms done to the black community and some type of uh, study or committee to talk about reparations, something yeah. to repair the damage done. Yeah. The same motherfucker that was still in the land was on the committee, was mm. on the, was one of the voices being heard. Mm. So, um, and so we see the law, we see that bureaucratic, you know what I'm saying, element in our oppression. And uh, he's and back to Dave Chappelle, he's right. You know, just because this law or, this, or, or you know, this contract say something, that don't mean that it's right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and white people want us, in, in the system, want us to believe that just because they got it written down, it's law. And they make you sign things. And see, it has to be, what makes it fair is when you have full knowledge of what you sign. Mm -hmm. And especially in these contracts and contract law, it's full of language that if you don't deal with contracts and contract making and... Con you guess why you have lawyers around because they know those then they, they know that language and can understand that language to the extent to whereas shit that me and you looking at just regularly couldn't see they can see but you know that's what the system does it takes um advantage of young naive artists when they out here and they starving and they you know trying to make a way and you know with Dave Chappelle has demonstrated which got him to fire at this time spot was that um you wake up after a while and they've been woke for a minute so i can't even you know i can't even uh say that he's been woke for a minute so his comedy getting to a whole nother level right mm -hmm. now that's why I've weeks fired this time people shout out to big dave chappelle yep shout out you know we're gonna follow that story i guess see what comedy sister do they should offer in the back uh, you know they they, they, I mean, uh, Comedy Central or HBO, whoever, you know, if they were smart, they was really about their capitalist bag. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. would offer this man, if not co-ownership, they would offer him a big bag, big producer bag or well, something like that to produce content. You know what I'm saying? Like Dave Chappelle, like anybody. Well, you know, like 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 he said, he probably not gonna. He probably would. Well, I just said this. He probably wouldn't go to the HBO route. Because he pitched, he, like he said in uh, the, the special, he pitched mm. the, the Chappelle show to HBO. Mm. And they was pretty like, they was pretty much like, nigga, get the hell up out of here. We're, we I don't mean, need you for... Showtime, stars, I don't care, you know what I'm saying, yeah. whatever. Oh, but, but I'm keeping it Netflix is going to Netflix is gonna definitely... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Netflix is the right for him to go yeah, they, yeah, he yeah. gonna He would go that route just because of the... the the righteousness that they sell show in this situation, and I'm sure he's getting the bag from Netflix. I don't even know how much the deal was worth, yeah. but I'm sure it was the big bag. He, uh, oh, Chappelle's getting the big bag. Yeah, yeah. but you know what too, Chappelle spoke to in there to a lot of shit that Monique was talking about. That's true. Speak more on that. You know, Monique been out here for about the last two, two years blasting the entertainment industry for the backdoor deals, um, and. Well, it's ironic that she fell out with Netflix, mm -hmm. you know, because they shot her a low ball, mm -hmm. you know, on uh, doing a special.
And she's saying to herself, like, hold on, pimp, I didn't earn the Grammy. Mm-hmm. Why the hell you going to shoot me a number like that? Mm-hmm. I can't really blame her for that, you know? So, you know, she was talking a lot about the system and even went further into even the gatekeepers, mm-hmm. you know, in the system. Now, it would, I would like to see Monique take on more of that, I guess, ownership type of uh, critique. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That it seemed like Chappelle is taking on. Yeah. But I would also like to see Chappelle take on more of a defense of people like Monique, black women like Monique. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That are at a disadvantage in some ways. Yeah. And I say this. Monique, I think her fine, like, I think she never got, I, I, I at least I haven't heard. Of any time she's talked about being screwed on contracts. Yeah, it just seemed like there was attack, like like uh, Monique was coming at Netflix from a different angle than Chappelle yeah. was coming at comedy. Yeah, Central. I mean, like I think I think for all means, Monique on other on all other grounds mm-hmm. was got the respect mm-hmm. that she deserved mm-hmm. from her accomplishments, mm-hmm. and she sort of talked about that. You know, in one of those interviews, but for her to then bump up into this wall with like, hold on, everybody else, you mean to tell me, every, you know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. it's like you know, it's total is a disrespect to you, you know, to some extent. That's like a, a Denzel not being able to get a movie pitched, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. You know, and Chappelle must have a really good relationship with Netflix because he was talking about, like, why don't you want to take your skit show to a different network? And he was like, why would I want to go to a different plantation just because the owner is nicer over there? Yeah. Does he see, like, I just wonder, I mean, what is his view of Netflix? Is Netflix really just, like, throwing money at him, say, do what you want to do? I mean, I'm just wondering what the situation is. You know, I I just, you know, I I wonder what, you know, Chappelle's, like, you know, long-term major type of, go is as far as like you know getting out the plantation i wonder if he's thinking you mean about like that. far as his relationship with netflix yeah I, I mean does he have any thoughts after netflix um, i wonder you know what i'm saying because netflix yeah. is i mean unless i'm wrong netflix is just another plantation monique would certainly yeah, yeah, say that yeah. netflix is just another one of these yeah, plantations yeah yeah and i and i hate to say it too on on there's a certain that that nuance in the entertainment industry where you still have to deal until you have that independence, you still have to deal with those entities, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I would think like this. If Dave can go in there and get control, and when I say meaning get control, if an artist is dealing with these corporations and he's, and I mean comedian, music, actor, you're dealing with these corporations and you got a principal stand on what you deserve and that company is willing to meet that? Do you think? Because you got power in it. You know, they can't go just sell your show or use your name or keep you from having ownership over that name based in that. You know, but I don't know if Netflix is there. I think they probably would do it like this. He wouldn't get a multi... I don't know if he... I don't even know if he would sign a multiple deal. You know, I... And... Even though that could be the, probably the easiest route for him, if he kept it just on a, a, a deal by deal basis, you know. But then if you do a multiple deal and you say, okay, I do some specials for you for a year, I give you a couple of specials or three specials a year, and you got full creative control over them, and you get your money and a certain amount of that, you know, change change off each time it's used, he might he he might mess with him. 
But I don't think he's gonna mess with HBO for sure. Mm. You know, maybe Netflix, and he could do some other stuff. I mean, it's new ways now to be independent without, and he has a following that's strong enough that he can do that. Yeah, I wonder what I'm, I wonder if he's gonna be able to package these specials and sell them, or they're gonna exist on Netflix forever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I wonder what the, the contract and world situation is like that sets it apart from mm-hmm. his deal with Comedy Central. You know. Unless it's just more money, you know. But, yeah, yeah. I guess that's... What, go ahead. I was just going to say, but congratulations to him for the show. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he definitely gave and brought that fire. He has been speaking truth to power. So, um, shout out to you, Dave Chappelle. Shout out. So, uh, let's go ahead and move on, Aki. And uh, let's talk about, we watched uh, a segment from The Real. So why don't we play that uh, a piece of that segment real quick for the listeners, okay. and then we'll get into it. Right back up in this thing, y'all. Y'all just heard The Real clip about um, talking about prisoners, uh, incarcerated folk using uh, cell phones, social media. media. So TikToking. I can't, I'm gonna let you start it off, man. What's your initial reaction, though? I mean, they didn't mean, I, from what they seem, from the scenes from listening to them, they seem like they was fucking uh, totally oblivious and clueless to the fact that, um, well, first of all, I'll say this. Take that back. Let me take that. I'll say this. Let's take the facts into account. When you talk about men in prison or inmates, Every time we don't generally assume that you're talking about men. And we know that a good bit of the prison is filled with what type of men? Black men. So pretty much, you're talking about black men, even though you didn't frame it in that way. But most black people who are in contact with working class, poor working class black people know that niggas been getting cell phones in jail and in prison since them son bitches have been popular and easy to acquire. I keep they had Nextels in prison. They had sidekicks, razors, flip phones. Yeah, all of that. They was all there. Yeah, all of that. It, it didn't start with iPhones. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, um, only right if you can get a ne- uh, get on cell phone because they do have computers in prisons. Mm-hmm. You got certain places where you can go into the lab and get on the computer and stuff. Um, if you get a cell phone on there, it's, it's the same way as you can be on TikTok on the computer. Mm. You know? Um, now, let's break down what they said, Aki. Because I, I did like what the first woman said. The, the sister said that, you know, she, she alluded to the fact that this is the new form of communication, the new form of being social with one another. Yeah. And that we don't, te- you know, we let uh, incarcerated folk uh, write letters to their family and friends and get letters, you know. Mm-hmm. So why not let them communicate in the new ways that communication is available? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, the second woman still said that she wasn't for it. Still yeah. said that she disagreed with it. Mm-hmm. So I, I I guess that she support taking away their ability to write letters. Uh, uh, but I mean, but she, well. Uh, she got into the fact that she thought that it was all about money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She started talking about how all these uh, prisoner, uh, incarcerated folk uh, are putting um, their cash app name 
and all mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? And trying to get money from this, have millions of followers. Of course, generalizing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just really, I guess, denying a basic human right to, but, uh, you know, check this out. At the same time, she said all that shit. She said that it's a lot of people in prison that look at the real show, mm-hmm. that look at her from jail. And then they say, hey, prisoners. Yeah. And get, you know what I'm saying? So another yeah, whatever that means. So you know what I'm saying? It's like okay, you cool with them looking at your shit and looking at you, you but you don't saying? think they had a right? Yeah, you live in a contradiction, right? You know, so uh, it, 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 it don't surprise me coming from the coming from the real. Mm-hmm. You know, they they the way they came at uh, or I shouldn't say them, but you know, they've come at a lot of yeah, we have them. They've come at a they've come at at a wrong angle on a lot of different things. You know, um, mm-hmm. and 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 I think this is about uh, you know this is a, an example of carceral feminism. You know, feminism mm-hmm. that uh, legit that helps legitimate the carceral state. Yeah, you know, what I'm yeah. saying this extension of slavery. So I mean, we you know, if you watch, I'm, I'm sure they watched the 13th documentary. I'm sure they traced the prison system uh, from yeah. the system of slavery. Slave raiders, yet they, all, you know, yet, yeah. Yet, yet they still believe that this is a place of that should be about rehabilitation. That taking away more rights would rehabilitate people more, or somehow make families feel better. But you got to remember, and we got to remember, that even though they may be speaking on critical things, they're not necessarily. They may not necessarily be from the standpoint of the intellectual. So they're not reading these things, and they're not coming across these things. They just comment from it from someone who probably doesn't even have anybody that in their immediate circle or familiar circle that you fuck with mm-hmm. that's been to jail. Right. That's been to prison. Right. You know, you may have came from a place with people that you knew coming up, man, with, but you don't go fuck with them. You don't go fuck with that neighborhood now. I'm just trying to see the lack of humanity for some of these people. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying they, it's like this. Like you've been under when you've been under the system of white supremacy. And first of all, you gotta understand that white supremacy, global colonialism and imperialism is manifesting. You manifest as U.S. imperialism. Mm-hmm. And when you in that, and you're born in the belly of it. Mm-hmm. As a nation of people, we were born in the belly. Of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. The seed came from Africa, but we was born in the belly of this hoe. Mm-hmm. And when you come through that, you, it comes to a point where even though you may rebel and push yourself up out that womb, you can come to believe some of the shit that it is. You know what I'm saying? So it's like uh, they're not even thinking from a standpoint like that, but it's ignorant to make statements like that. Because they don't know what it's like to come from. Or I should say they should. Some of them should know, but most of them on that was on the view, I don't think they know about that life. I agree. I Maybe the sister that disagreed with it the most, she looked like she may catch some roots that come from something, maybe, you know. But I, you messing with the real, I doubt if you fucking with them. There you go. There you go, Aki. So... Um, I, you know, I like what you said, Aki, just about, you know, the seed came from Africa, but, you know, yeah. we, we was born in the belly of the beast. And that, you know, that's a that's a really profound comparison or analogy made to the black condition, I think, the, the new African condition. Because then you can start really thinking about environment 
because we know about how plants can absorb the environment around them. All that While shit. While remaining the, the plant that the seed was born from, mm. but you incorporate certain elements of the environment around you. But you know the thing about plants, they can evolve over time. Yeah, well, can, that's they, the thing. They can evolve ways to protect itself. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's that's how we came as the people. We mm -hmm. came here, we soft all this bullshit out the soil, out this country, mm -hmm. and we had to take the best parts that we can get, the nutrients, mm -hmm. and then we also got all that bullshit into the point that some new goddamn plant mm -hmm. <laughs> came up out the damn soil. You know what I'm saying? We we need we need to develop some ways to to filter out that nasty shit from the soil. Mm -hmm. You know, some some leaves that better photosynthesize that sunlight. That's the purpose of the you know revolution. We also need some uh, evolutions for our new African plant. Some what the Venus fly trap? Some yeah, motherfucker, come too close, we gonna catch your ass. Hey, that's the purpose of revolution. To, Re we got to change it. We got the plant got to change all over. Like mm -hmm. it got to change completely again. Some new. Yeah, yeah. We need to evolve. Like uh, I'm trying to think of a plant based uh, Pokemon, Bulbasaur. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we need to evolve. Forgot about that. But you know, I mean, uh, we get there. We get there in time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's let's keep it moving. We're gonna talk about this nigga Barry. Oh, Barry. Barry talking about the promised land. <laughs> the promised land, huh? That ain't, man, the nerve. The, just the nerve of the title. Let's just start with the title, Aki. So, Barack Obama, book tour, new book, The Promised Land, over 700 pages, memoir about his presidency. Yeah. That's where we at with it. Yeah. And name the promised land. What does he mean by the promised land, y'all? So we were, we was watching the Breakfast Club interview, Aki. What you know? What do you remember what he said about the? Uh... He said the shit alludes. Of course, we know when we hear Promised Land, we think about the Honorable Martin Luther King and his famous speech. Wasn't that the, I had I had a dream? Yeah. Uh no. No, 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 it, no, no, it was actually the uh, and he and he spoke. It was the I, I've seen the mountaintop. Yeah, I, I it was the speech he gave in Memphis. Uh, I believe it was Memphis the day before he was killed yeah. in Memphis. Uh, the speech he gave at a Tennessee church. I think it was Memphis, but uh, right before. Yeah, he was when killed. he talked about he may not get there with you. But, right. Yeah. So um, we all know that famous speech, mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah, definitely. So he better than I have a dream. Yeah, he pretty much. Jack, my man, works. Yeah. Um, especially because you ain't lived, you ain't. That's not with Martin Luther King. I, it's just disrespectful. That's all I'm gonna say. You shouldn't have did that, especially with your politics. Martin Luther King would not like you. And Martin Luther King was coming to the realization that. Opposed to Barack Obama believing that just simply it, it's unfortunate that America put, as he put it, uh, American ideals secondary to a rigged game, right? Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but that's yeah. what he said on the Breakfast Club interview. Contrary to that, the reality is it's not about coming secondary. The relationship is is not hierarchical in the sense of uh, priorities are key. Mm -hmm. The relationship is oppositional as far as American ideals and its structure and black liberation and freedom. 
He said that, it's a rigged game. That's what Dr. Dr. King was talking about, a promised land of black freedom. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where black people are free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and true freedom, justice, and equality. And Dr. King's idea of that freedom was expanding. You know what I'm saying? Beyond the strictly narrow integrationist schemas mm -hmm. that he explored previously. And yes. this is right before his death. Yeah. So, you know, these are two different promised lands, you know what I'm saying? And uh, where Dr. King was heading is certainly not where Barack Obama ended up. Barack, Martin, the, the, the Honorable Martin Luther King would not like him. He would say that he is not radical enough. He is not sincere about making true change. And I don't even know if you would exist if somebody like Martin Luther King was here right, right. now. It's terrible. You know what I'm saying? It, it, but you know what? We got to move on. From, mm. You know, because he said some other, some other shit. I mean, early on in the interview, he said some more crazy shit. Like, I'm just looking at the notes, bruh. I mean, um, he he says that, you know, he, he's, he, he talks to Charlemagne and the other hosts. He says that when talking about the American dream, and progress, right? Mm -hmm. he, he, he talks about recent progress the country made. Yeah. He's trying to paint this story. What does he say? He says, 60 years ago, you couldn't imagine uh, running your own show or producing your own show. That's what he said to Charlemagne. Mm -hmm. Does Barack Obama not realize that we produced and ran our own shows? He don't know that experience. Before integration? He did, don't did, know. So... Aki, I almost called you by your government name. It made me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> is he? Does he think that black people didn't start making shows to white people let us? To white people supported us and gave and gave it gave it to us? Nobody who studies or who has studied African American history will believe that bullshit. We had black up until 1996. We had a good bit of black radio stations. We had, by that time, had a black television channel with BET. Um, all forms of media that were um, in existence 60 years ago, we had a firm presence in those where we owned our own papers, our own radio stations. All like and, uh, Thinking about media, it... It is the thinking about technology and how technology has ran along the you know the course of history, you know, somewhere approximate to black progress and, and mm -hmm. our condition. And because you're right, newspaper, radio for you know a century or close yeah. to it, you know, what I'm saying we had some independence there, a level of independence, especially with newspapers. I mean, back yeah. to the 1800s. Yeah, we were know, financing them ourselves. The, the Freeman's Journal. I mean, we, we can go, I mean, yeah. we, we, can, we can run down, yeah, we can run all, it up. All sectors of entertainment prior to 1996, we had a presence in it that was independent from them. Well. Maybe say music changed a little bit. You know, I would say, I actually want to say television, like, I would say when you think about the 60s, and you know, television in the fifties and sixties is, is exploding, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, I can agree. I can but, I see where you and, go. And, but you gotta think that the the technology needed for television, right, to broadcast yeah. in people's homes, that's a very elite uh complex type of technology. Yeah. Not like radio. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's a tougher thing to pull off than radio. Yeah. So there was more capitalist control, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and in that, that yeah. industry. But 
you know, okay, 30 or 40, uh, 30 or 40 years of TV without the internet. Because once the internet comes, it's a free for all. Yeah, black it changes people, like, shit. Like black people, no matter what, would have created our own shows and had our own control once the internet came. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think the Breakfast Club is part of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. More so than they're part of some type of white indus- white media industry handout. So mm. that makes Barack Obama's comments even weirder. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, we, like black well, people. Well, Breakfast Club is a little bit different because, see, they don't, they, they, there's no power in them. Like, they don't, they don't have no power. And that's you another know. mistake Barack Obama made. Yeah, like, like he, he said, they're not producing their own show. They're yeah. not funding their own They're not in control of their own like, show. Like, like he's talking about in the sense of, well, we own shows. No, I mean, that, that, that's some token shit. For sure. If they came out speaking some more radical shit, they would get pulled from the show by the, the people that own the, own the network. So, I mean, I'll be honest with you. He totally talks about that even in this damn interview. When he talks about how black people, like how he couldn't say certain things and how he had to navigate, he tried to explain his fucking self. It was like, after you gave us eight years of bullshit, it's real disrespect for you to come over there and write a book. Disrespect to Martin Luther King, where he talked about accountability for politicians. Hmm. Right. And, man... No mention of, you know, he, he he tried to say that his proposal, during the, during the Breakfast Club interview, mm-hmm. he said that his proposals always tried to alleviate the condition of the, the, the most suffering. What the fuck was your bank bailout? What was Uber? Was the bank bailout about helping the smallest man? No. Didn't the bank bailout just concentrate wealth further at the top? Yes. Help lead us to where we at? Yes. This brings us to our next, I mean, segment. We this to include in here, right? And this is from the Washington Post interview. Here, Barack Obama is alleging that the same forward motion that his presidency and his campaign represented was continued and furthered by the protests that erupted from the George Floyd murder. So he's seeing the nationwide protests against police brutality were parallel were, were were an outgrowth of the momentum that he played a part in. I got a question, Ike. How many men were how many black men were killed during his presidency? Like that like of those number of by police? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean I know the hundreds mm-hmm. but I'm talking about far as the well known. Mm-hmm. Um I'm thinking, okay, what's name died under his uh the first one? Trayvon. That, that was uh, under his watch. Uh, Mike Brown. That was under his watch. Tamir Rice. That was under his watch. Uh, I think even, I believe her name was Ayanna Jones. The, but, but, but I think might, that might have been 2008. No, was that? Ayanna. My sister down there in Texas. In other words, yeah, no, this shit... I, I got the name right. Ayanna Jones was a seven-year-old African-American girl that was shot uh 2010 okay that was obama's presidency right yeah Yeah. so uh ayana jones yeah she was killed by police shot in the head uh by officer joseph weekly in detroit may 16th 2010 okay so this is yeah so you got various this shit started during your mostly during your second term then you get out of office trump comes in and then this shit's still going on. 
we started protesting that based on a lack of 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 you not doing something when the shit popped off in the beginning and you had to seat. Mm-hmm. You can't tap it. You can't look warm. You know what I'm saying? Neither hot nor cold. Like I, I mean, it's like you a damp ass nigga. And yeah, and see, <laughs> he had to not wet, not dry. <laughs> he had to come and come at that angle to the black community because he's hearing that people saying like, "Nigga, you ain't do, you didn't do shit." He said shit like, "Black folks." had their unemployment went up during this time their income went up you know um i'm thinking to myself like most black people i know from the time that you came in office to right now lost income lost wealth And he said it's based on some statistics, but that shit ain't adding up. I know it ain't a factor in for prisoners and how much they make. This man said, just going back to his comment, he said, the mobilization after George Floyd's death strengthened his conviction that despite Trump, there was still a forward motion affected by my presidency. And I'm paraphrasing, including, and including some quotes, but you know, look it up yourself to get the full, uh, complete quote. But yeah, he became more convinced of the story he was telling America. So this promised land story of incremental progress uh, and integration into the fabric of America. Yeah. He he got more convinced that his story was true <laughs> from the George Floyd protests. He got more convinced in his love. He got more. He fell in deep love with his master. He got more desperate. This this man sound desperate to preserve and save a legacy. Yeah. yeah. What, what what you ever watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, a little bit. One of the white men told another white man that you if you king, you should not have to say you king. Yeah. If your legacy is what it is, you should not have to keep on talking about it, going speaking towards about it, and write a seven page book about but it. But you know some some of that come got to do with us too, I keep. Because, like, we was even talking about how when we seen the interview, how they was all sitting there like they was in front of a that damn uh, uh, a principal or some shit. You know, like, it's it's retarded. But some of that, some of this and him is uh, our fault. You see what I'm saying? That, mis- that mis- uh, messiah complex. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we seen the shit. You got shirts with him. Malcolm and and Martin on the shirt. We we equating him to Malcolm and Martin. God forbid I see him on the shirt with Garvey. I might fight over that. Hmm. Hmm. Like real talk. That came from us saying and, and not thinking. Cause see the problem is sometimes and that's is where our political ignorance come in at. We'll see a person he look like this and we don't never ask who the fuck is he. Hmm. Where he from? Got to get on some gang shit. Where you from, man? You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you your peoples. We never asked that question with him. Right. That black, that 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 hope, all of that shit. So he was able to fool us because he knew that's how we were. 
You know, so it's like now we, you know, now he trying to save his legacy because one thing that them eight years and then them four years of Trump did is it woke Negroes up that told on we didn't get nothing. I'm worse off than what I was before he got up in there. You know, that's all it did. That's but you guys, as you see, you see Barack now trying to make make or or trying to answer his critics about his presidency. That, yeah, 700 pages. And, and it's ironic that, hell, Kamala struggled the goddamn, and she didn't even do it. It wasn't even her. The, the vote that they thought she was going to push over didn't even happen. Right. You know? And I hate to say it, to some extent, you got to thank Barack and his, and his nine um, and, his, and, and, and his inability to do something, or or in or in his ability, or or him not doing anything for us, to give us the awareness that we got now, because mm-hmm. we got a certain level of awareness now that that trick with Kamala didn't work. We was I, asking who was she. I wonder how much quicker Obama raised some contradictions and raised you know and thus raised some consciousness. You know, as opposed to what if, you know, he was defeated by a Republican, you know, what would our consciousness be like? That's a good question, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, before Barack, we didn't have an understanding of certain things. Mm-hmm. It took us to, okay, to get that mm-hmm. and then to see that, hold on, just because you black don't mean... You want to us just because you black and you a politician. We sort of knew that already because mm. we had already dealt with black politicians, mm. but we've never dealt with a black president. So to see that, and we were so naive. I mean, it's true. He had a meteoric rise. And so yeah. has Kamala. In a Fast sense. as hell. So has Kamala in a sense. But Kamala was still on the national stage yeah. for longer because she had she was on a, this this the state stage of California, you know what I'm yeah. saying, in some pivotal ways. So she was somewhat in the public eye, I think, for a longer period of time than Barack mm-hmm. Obama before he ran. But we didn't even know who he was. It was like, they, when they say Barack Obama, I'm like, what? Who that? Yeah, I mean, it was, a, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I ain't never, you know what I'm saying? It, it, like, we learned a lot. We, we, we evolved a lot in our, in our thinking. You know, a lot of people it, learned about Barack Obama when he was, you know, leading in some polls. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, like as far as right before they started doing the primaries, you know what I'm saying? Or right when the first couple primaries happened, mm-hmm. that's when people started really, really tuning in. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, he, you know, I mean, he, like I said, he had his point. He had his purpose. You know, mm-hmm. um, his presidency made his presidency and then the four years of Trump made black people have to really reanalyze. Even uh, we had to reanalyze the movement, mm-hmm. the struggle, ideas that we held, you know, from our tradition that maybe we have to rethink because we really in a whole different world now. You know, I mean, it's crazy. I never thought. You know, um, before Barack, about looking at a person's background. If you look black, I trusted you. Mm. In the sense of, I would be proud and happy. You know, blame a little bit of, you know, that, but that's that's how I was. After Barack, 
And really during the time of Barack, because before, I luckily, I had elders who knew that. And they was telling me that. And think about Barack, though. That man, a master wordsmith in the political sense. In, the, in, in, in a way that has real political currency, he can put together some shit. Because if it hadn't been us or other people, if it, if the person's not on point with their own political understanding and have a stance and principled he'll, in it, you would have been fooled in a motherfucker. He'll make you seem like you support Republican, like you straight you, up, like you like straight that, up, like you like you a backwards motherfucker. You drunk the berry juice. He don't tiptoe around questions. He be crossing the motherfuckers over. He, you drunk the berry juice. You'd be mesmerized. Next thing you know, you putting goddamn Barack on a t-shirt with Martin, Malcolm, and Garvey. <laughs> man, I was selling them t-shirts out of East Lamar, bro. Uh, that's, that's why I gotta come harder, Barack. You know what I'm uh, saying? I helped push his image out there, bro. I was pushing. I was making. I was making money off the side myself, off the Barack image. You gotta repent to the revolutionary bro, ancestors for, for sure. that. You gotta go to the shrine. This, this is Cause, yeah. Cause man, that's crazy though. But I mean, back to the interview. I just say that you know, he tried to explain. He gave out some false notions. He gave out false numbers. He lied about a lot of stuff. And to some extent, uh, Charlemagne and them, they did ask some 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 solid questions. I mean, Barack Obama was asked about, I mean, even there was about the end and Charlemagne rounded back to his first question damn there. Mm. And asked what's gonna be done specifically for black people. And Barack Obama, you know, did his dance. Shucked and jived, you know what I'm saying? You know, he shucked the job, did the running man, and, and got his way and rolled on up out of there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's like, it's crazy to see a person. Well, it's crazy to see people that are going to look at that interview like that was something. And still can't see that you just walked away with nothing. You're right. That symbolism. He skated you know, around answers the whole night. That symbolism, those aesthetics, you know what I'm saying, are things we have to overcome. Mm-hmm. And you're right. We are doing much better with it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? A lot of people ain't going for that Barack shit. A lot of young black folk ain't going. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so we are waking up. You know what I'm saying? We got to keep on pushing, you know? And that's what we want fire this time to do. Keep it yeah. pushing. Keep this conscious. You know, keep on raising this consciousness. Keep on raising the contradictions that are present in our society. We raise up the contradictions. It makes it easier for our people to perceive the forces that play in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And with that consciousness, you know what I'm saying? Um, they, they can seek out more ways, you know what I'm saying? And realize more ways in their everyday lives to resist mm-hmm. and have more of a a feeling of collective, uh, uh, you know, energy. You know what I'm saying? We have to support each other. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If you are ignorant or you don't know, you know what I'm saying, about our past, about what struggle looks like now, where people are struggling now, you're going to feel alone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people right now upset with the way things are in society, in our country, amongst the black community that mm-hmm. want to do something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um, they lack the consciousness about how to proceed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or about how to organize and mobilize and do something about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's always important that we continue this political education push and uh, just push pe- more people in the direction of, uh, you know, just applying more and more of their lives to the revolution, to, mm-hmm. you know, liberation of our people. So uh, any any parting words you want to get to the people, Aki? Don't fall for people that look like you all the time. They'd be the biggest tricksters. Take you out the game. Don't fall for the trick knowledge. And, you know, hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, 
he could have been, we should have been a lot more critical on that. But they chose the right people to interview. You know? So, um, nah, that's it right there. I think I'm good. All right, y'all. Uh, to episode 20. We're going to come with something special for episode 20. So make sure you tune in. Make sure you share this one so you get more people to tune in with us. Most definitely. And uh, peace to the people, y'all. Free to land. Peace to the people. Free to land. <laughs>